welcome. You're listening to the MMNM podcast. I'm Steve Madden, and uh, my guest today is Swoop co-founder and CTO, Sim Simeonov. Welcome. Hi, Steve. How are you? Great to be here again. Great to be talking to you again. Um, where, where, are you, uh, where, where, where are you today? I'm in Boston. Great. And I am in fabulous Chatham, New Jersey, uh, and we are brought together through the wonders of technology, which is a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. Let's just set things up, okay? Conventional, demographic-driven, one-size-fits-all patient audiences fall short, don't they? They fail to consider a brand's specific needs and core therapeutic advantages, as well as how patients consume healthcare information. But by applying privacy-safe machine learning, ML, that's kind of what we talked about last time we spoke, yeah. and artificial intelligence to real-world data, medical marketing professionals can build highly targeted audience segments customized for a specific campaign and activate them in the most effective channels. And, and effective is the key word there. Sim and I are gonna talk a little bit about uh, the best practices for agencies and brands who wanna take advantage of this more precise method of targeting. And built from what Swoop has learned from developing thousands of precision health data audience segments for its customers. So that's the table, it is now set. Um, by way of a little bit of background, Sim, why don't you tell me uh, a little bit of a recap about our last discussion about the value of custom audience segments and uh, what an agency should be looking for in a vendor. Sure. Look, it's based on a very simple premise, right? You should target what you want to measure and you should measure what you want to accomplish. So if you think about how um, patient campaigns are run, a lot of them have health media measurement attached to them, which wants to find patients that um, meet certain health criteria so-called qualified patients. They also want to drive visits to the types of doctors that matter. So doctor visit is another thing that measurement looks at. And they want to ultimately um, drive treatments, right? They want to drive doctors writing scripts and those scripts getting filled out. The basic premise is that if those are the actions in the real world you want to see, then you should target the qualified patients and then by simple medical logic, the doctor visits and the treatments will follow. But it's very common that people want to achieve one thing and they measure that thing, but they target something completely different. Why is that? Well, the typical reason is uh, time and money. Historically, it's been too slow and too expensive to build custom audience segments. You know, it takes many weeks, months in some cases, and the people who could do it, those willing to do it at all, would typically ask for a significant media commitment, often in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, against a segment that hasn't been proven for measurement. So the real innovation here that we talked about last time is um, you know, modern machine learning and artificial intelligence, essentially allowing completely custom segments tuned to the specific objectives of a campaign to be built within a week to two weeks and deployed at no extra cost. So that sounds really fast, a week, a week or two, uh, and, and the no extra cost thing, I'm sure, is making listeners' ears pick up a little bit. What am I looking for in a vendor who can, who can deliver that kind of timeline and that kind of value? Well, ultimately, whether they can, right? If you look at marketing materials, everybody has amazing machine learning and AI uh, because that's what marketing materials look like. But then you get down to the nitty-gritty of it, which is, okay, so... 
I want a segment that targets exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, can you give it to me? How quickly can you give it to me? How much is it going to cost? Do you want any upfront commitment? If I want to test two, three different variations of my definition of an ideal patient that I'm going for, would you build these variations for me? Would you build them on the same time scale? Would you also build them at zero cost with no fixed media commitment? If the answer is yes, you're dealing with a modern vendor. If the answer is no, you're dealing with a legacy vendor whose culture and technology platforms and privacy architectures are just not you know, designed for the challenges of modern data processing and very sensitive health data. This is where Swoop comes in. This is where Swoop comes in. That's right. Once I've found a vendor, a vendor like Swoop, what are some of the best practices? Like, how do I get started with all of this uh, to, to, to deal with custom segments? What we look at this world is even less about just custom segments, but more broadly, you say, if you're an agency and you're managing campaigns, you're managing budget on behalf of your client, um, what are some of the best practices you can use? I'll talk about some of the things we've discovered. We can have a, we can have a conversation about them and maybe I should just provide a little bit of context as to why we feel qualified to talk about these things. Please. Swoop is a very unique company in a sense that through our history and in our collection of businesses, we do things that other people don't. So if you think about what you need to know about managing patient targeting well and sort of executing patient level campaigns, you need to understand how um, media advertising works end to end from the advertiser tech to the publisher tech. You need to understand health data. You need to understand health media measurement. And you need to understand how all these pieces come together. And to do this, you need to have basically run an end-to-end -end ad network. Uh -huh. You need to have access to full real-world data and have not just anybody can buy it with a few million dollars. You need to understand it. You need to have the ability and the expertise to actually work with it. And you also need to have seen just lots and lots and lots of examples of different campaigns, different strategies, and seen the measurements for them. So most people don't know, but um, Soup has been around for about 11 years. And in the initial version of the company, we were an end-to-end -end advertising network running from the advertiser to the publisher, doing global optimization of all the campaigns. We were the advertiser ad server, we were the exchange, we were the DSP, we were the publisher, SSP, all in one. So we have the experience of sort of knowing how the sausage is made. <laughs> no other company that does health data targeting has done this. Crossix, IQVIA, et cetera, none of these guys have actually operated an end-to-end -end advertising network. None of them know how the sausage is made. Separately, a subsidiary of Soup called IPM does very advanced commercial analytics, solving some of the hardest problems with health data for pharma companies, um, be that rare disease patient finding or be they improving the diversity and inclusion in clinical trials. And you can only do this if you really deeply understand the health data. So we don't just have it and crunch some numbers with it. We actually understand it at a level that very few other companies do. Very few of the companies that touch media around health data um, do. And last but not least, through our sort of modern systems for building custom segments, we've built thousands of different segments, many hundreds of which are currently active today. And for agency and clients, we get the measurement data for those. 
and discuss with them how are they configuring campaigns and we connect that information to the measurement. So you basically have more data about actual running campaigns with segments than pretty much all of the rest of the industry that has held data targeting put together. And that's the reason why we feel we have um, some ability to organize best practice. We're actually working on a playbook for the industry to sort of make freely available and just help improve outcomes for clients. So you've got experience and expertise in, uh, I like the phrase, uh, in making sausage. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think that in a, a field that could potentially be as arcane as this, uh, that kind of experience married with this kind of expertise is part of, uh, part of what sets you apart. It is really, really complicated, right? And the industry, in the way it sells products, right, hides that complexity from people buying the products, be they DSPs, DSP optimization, be it health media measurement. And so the problem is the fact that we can package a product and make it look very simple to buy doesn't actually change any of the complexity behind it. And so a key message here is that you need to understand the limitations of DSPs targeting and optimization platforms to understand how to configure your campaigns. You need to understand the capabilities and limitations of health media measurement in the very noisy and dirty real world in order to understand how to use that information to optimize campaigns. Let, let's talk about health media measurement. What does a prospective client need to understand about measurement? Is there a, a hierarchy or a, a pyramid of priorities that, that you suggest they consider? Absolutely. So first, you know, measurement is usually set up as a conversion funnel, right? At the top level, you just have basic traffic. Then you try to figure out um, what portion of the traffic is of the right type of patient you wanted to target. And that's usually measured as a rate called audience quality. Then you want to see if these patients go visit the kinds of doctors that typically prescribe the therapies you're interested in. And that's uh, another level, typically a doctor visit. And last but not least, you're very interested in treatment, right? In the end, that's how pharma companies make money. And so you're looking at the scripts that doctors write. And typically there, you're looking at what's known as script lift, which is um, how much better is a targeting tactic at delivering um, scripts compared to a control group. The most important thing to understand here is that the farther down you go the funnel, the noisier the data gets. And that happens for two reasons. First one is not that many scripts get written compared to how many ads are shown. So the first reason is there's just less data. Anytime you have less data, you have more noise. Typical rule of thumb is if you have half the data, you have 40% more noise. If you have a quarter of the data, you have two times more noise. And that's based on some math theorems that we don't need to get into the details of. But, but, but um, I think it would be helpful if you defined what noise is in this case. Oh, in this case, um, I'm using a loose business term. The, the numbers that are provided actually relate to variance of a measure. When you get a number out of a health media measurement report, that number is, it isn't real. That is an estimate of a random distribution of something that happens in a very complicated and messy and convoluted and dirty real world. So it has built in both noise and bias, variance and bias. And the farther down you go in the funnel, again, you have less data, so you automatically end up with more noise. But also you end up mixing factors, right? 
you control how you target, you meaning the agency that manages a campaign, right? So you can actually control audience quality by choosing your targeting tactics, how much you pay for media, what targeting solutions you use, where you run, right? You can't really control a doctor visit. You can influence a doctor visit, but a whole bunch of other factors influence doctor visits. And you can't control doctors writing scripts. And there you're conflating how patients talk to doctors about their needs relative to the therapy or any ad they may have seen. You're conflating HCP advertising, which is completely independent of patient advertising. You're conflating industry trends, public media, et cetera. So the first thing to understand um, when you look at a health media measurement report is that any measure other than audience quality just gets noisier and noisier and noisier and less real, right? The fact that it is a precise number down to three decimal points in your Excel spreadsheet or in some GUI doesn't mean that that's the real number. Second thing you need to understand is that all these numbers are based only on the percentage of traffic that actually can be linked to health data. And that's something the health media measurement companies gloss over because the reality is online traffic uses a different kind of anonymous identity than real world health evidence. And the two match very imprecisely. The highest quality match rates come from unsurprisingly health data targeting. Why? Well, because health data targeting segments ultimately came from real world evidence data. So naturally, they will have very high quality match rates. Demographic segments typically have a substantially lower match rate because a lot of them use, and interest-based segments as well, they use a high portion of low quality online identities that are cookie-based, they don't really link to offline identities. And the worst match comes from um, sort of non-endemic site or contextual advertising where you can not only get a lot of traffic with identity that doesn't link to health data, you can get a lot of traffic with no identity at all. Just the random stuff that consumers get sometimes. Just the random stuff. Like, Look, why am I on, getting this? On the iOS platform, on some platforms, you know, anonymous online identity is not easy to obtain because vendors have made certain choices, right? Right. And so what you end up doing is you end up projecting from whatever matches to the whole. So any error and bias in whatever matched gets magnified during this extrapolation. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you have a health data segment that has 60% match rate and you have a demographic segment that has 15% match rate, not uncommon numbers in the real world. The demographic segment is gonna have eight times the variance in any number that you see about it even the audience quality number. Now, when you talk about variance, when you talk about uncertainty, most people think about the normal distribution, the bell curve, right? right? It's pretty much the only thing most people have seen in school. That's a very um, theoretical thing. Bell curve exists when you have huge numbers of observations. Right. In the real world, particularly have fewer observations, we end up with non-normally distributed data or data was known as fat tails. And that data behaves very differently than normal data. It's usually asymmetric. Mm -hmm. There's a bias. It isn't just variance, but it's also bias. I'll give you an example. Um, one of the things we know in the industry 
is that high audience quality strongly correlates to a high number of scripts. Well, because of medical logic, right? Patients with certain conditions end up going to certain kinds of doctors who end up prescribing certain kinds of therapies. It makes sense. So if you see an observation, uh, some line in the report, which has high script lift, meaning lots of people getting treatment here compared to control, but lower audience quality, it's most likely a fluke. It's most likely noise because again, script lift and scripts are very noisy metric. It just defies logic. So not only is there noise, but the noise is biased, right? You're more likely to uh, overrepresent reality in these situations. But on the other hand, if you see a health data segment that has high AQ, which is the less noisy measure, but shows you lower script lift, that most likely is a fluke in the other direction because logic tells you that if you get the right patients, they will see the right doctors, they will get the right treatments. And this has been tested for many, many years by every single vendor doing measurement across thousands of campaigns. And that, you know, the math term is Bayesian prior, right? That knowledge can lead us to believe that much greater chance that this is a fluke. Those are some of the, the key issues around, around health media measurement that, you know, all the numbers, even though you see them in the columns right next to each other, they're not actually equally as reliable. Top of funnel audience quality is the most reliable number. Script-related numbers are the least reliable numbers. And then within any column of data, when you look at the rows, based on the type of targeting tactic it is, you can trust the numbers more if it is a very high-quality sort of targeting tactic that originated in health data because it's going to have high match rate and therefore the least projection and extrapolation and more noisy and unreliable if it's demographic targeting and extremely noisy and unreliable if it is non-endemic sort of cytocontextual. Let me give you a simple analogy. So imagine you're cooking, right? And you need, and you need a cup of water, but you've been cooking for hours and all you're measuring things are dirty. What you basically have is you have a half cup left and you have a tablespoon left that are clean. What do you think is going to get you closer to one cup exact measurement? Doing half a cup twice or doing a tablespoon 16 times? <laughs> right? The answer is pretty obvious. Now, you're, you must be a cook because the last time we spoke, we, we ended up talking a lot about salt. So um, I, I think you're spending time as much salt time water. Here. We're covering the basics here. <laughs> <laughs> and before we started recording, we were talking about candy. So, oh, yes. Um, so this is all really interesting, and uh, it seems like every time I'm, I'm talking to you, uh, I'm getting hungry. But uh, I've got uh, I've got one more question for you, and and that is like, if you if if a client is working with Swoop and you're developing like a, a a brand exclusive custom audience segment, what can a marketer do with that? What can, what's the takeaway from from working that way with you? Well, to to understand how to best use it you need to understand the limitations of targeting and optimization in DSPs, right? So when you look at uh, systems that optimize media and advertising, whether it's Google or Facebook or the trade desk, um, none of them have access to real world evidence. So even though you're trying to achieve objectives 
in the real world related in health data, observable in health data. And that's what you're measuring. You're working with execution platforms that are blind to that. It typically means that you want to turn off a lot of the optimization, quote unquote, helpers that these platforms offer. Can you give me an example? Um, you want to turn off audience expansion. You want to turn off media cost optimization. You want to turn off optimization for online actions such as clicks. Those are guesses about what might happen in real-world health data. But what you really want to do if you want to achieve a great outcome in the real world as measured by real-world evidence is you want to target what you're going to measure in real-world evidence. Let me give you an analogy since you know we talked about getting hungry. I, I have a chocolate analogy because... You know, you mentioned M&Ms that have chocolates. So a good friend of yours who's a great baker, you know, is asking, I want to bake a cake for you. He said, great, bake me a flourless chocolate cake. I go, oh, gosh, one problem. I'm allergic to chocolate, never tasted it, never had any interest in it, have no recipes on it, but don't worry about it. Um, I'm a great baker. I'll just whip you up a flourless chocolate cake just from my great general baking knowledge. That's the analogy of your platforms optimizing your campaigns without actually having access to the data that you're trying to achieve the outcomes in. But it gets worse. Now you turn on audience expansion, and that's like mixing you know, high-quality Valrona chocolate with you know, Hershey pieces. They're not the same. And then you turn on cost optimization. That's like your baker friend going, oh, you know what? I'm just going to whip up a cake, but I'm going to use twice the eggs I'd normally use because eggs happen to be on sale at the grocery store. It doesn't make any sense. People do it all the time. And this is clearly the value of, of working with a company like Swoop, where you've got the experience from having worked from end to end uh, on average in, in advertising. Yeah, we want to give you the, the way, the targeting mechanism to achieve the real world objectives you want to achieve. But you only achieve those at a great cost for your client if you follow the best practices of campaign configuration and of understanding health media measurement to take optimization decisions against your campaign. So, you know, in a little bit of time, we, uh, we're going to have a playbook on swoop.com that focuses on targeting available for free. So, we encourage people to visit in a few weeks and um, to grab it and hopefully we'll, we'll help people get better results for their clients. That's great. So, listen, as always, it's been, it's been fascinating talking to you. Um, I, I love the uh, I love your approach. I love your analogies. Um, I love how you can take an arcane and complicated subject and uh, kind of boil it down so that uh, someone like me can understand it. Um, so thank you. I really appreciate you uh, giving us your time and your expertise. Steve, great being with you again. You've been listening to the MMNM podcast. My guest has been Sim Simeonov, the CTO and co-founder of Swoop. Sim, thank you very much. Give my regards to Boston. Thanks, Steve. Have a great day.